0: Good morning, welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Alochas, Hioridea, Cheliksheni, Chilchus Melandim, Halacha Dawid. And we are in the middle of paragraph Yud Gimel. We're up to the subparagraph in my version. It's page 116, all the way on top on the right side. V'hinei b'hamaysa hazais mevorak tzas inen torah now. We dedicate the learning today, Levi and Ishmael, into Bas, Rabbi Shuarye, Harini Kapros Mishkava, and for a complete refuah Shalema for all those that need it, including Chavi and Chana Bas Ides Bas Moyem Gavriel Shloimoy Ben Ides, Michal Sora Hadasa, Bas Yekela Bas Amal Tzvi Sholein ben Rita Beverly, Reuben Mordechai ben Chana, Dvoira Gila Semecha bas Chava, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Sorele bas Chava Vigal Vigail, Brocha Shira, Dvoira, Chana bas Dovid Lei ben Shana, and ben Mazal, Avram David ben Chana, Sorregitl bas Chana Riva, Indachasa bas Chana, Merimesta bas Sorregitl, Chaim Ariye ben Brocha, Chaim ben Rachel, Toiva bas Chavapero, Kittiganendol bas Sipleiro, Lebeleia bas Sipleiro, Aviva Imano bas Yusbeendol, Sarocha bas Yusbeendol, Yehudis Ruchama bas Chavarus, Gila bas Bracha, David ben Behia, Shandol Yisrael ben Hanalea, Yelet Shushana bas Hanalea, Eliana Volga bas Hanifeida, Yatui ben Frandol Rechel, Shemaliyazah ben Rachel. Ami ben Chai ben Yehudah Akiva Michoel ben Sora Ahuva, Osher ben Dobrish, the story of Israel. Yisrael. We're in the middle of a, a unique piece where Rav Nosanzal is elaborating on a story in Sippor Yomiseus, the story of the seven betlers, the third day of the Sheva Bruchas. And Rab is going to use the chapter in the Kudim Ram that this halacha is based on, chapter 34, to clarify, to explain part of that story. It's it's a one of the deeper parts, even of that story. And we'll try to understand it as best as we can. In that story. We we Rabbeinazal explains a little bit things that are related to our chapter on Likud Imran, chapter 34, Shemedaberes Hiskashrus Haleiv El In the Likutamran, Rabbeinazal speaks about a Jew connecting, connecting our heart to the Nekuda hashayach Laliboy bois to the that aspect of that's relevant to the person at that particular moment. And we gave several definitions of what that nekuda meant. The nekuda could mean the tzaddik. It could mean the tzaddik or could mean the tzaddik inside of us. The nekuda can mean the toira. The nekuda can mean the mitzvah of We spoke about this in the past shir, in the previous year, And now Rav Nassim, I will go into it a little bit more. Shabuzeh tolu tikun ha'olamaz. And the tikkun of all of the worlds is dependent on this. Because when a person is able to connect their heart to the nekuda, one, one aspect of the Nikuda was the mouth, the words coming out of a person's mouth, making the connection between the heart and the mouth. We spoke about pi yeda chochmois, so when a person has the proper connection there through this hashvira, this repairs the shattered vessels, and which which are what result, which are the source of the shattered heart. Rabbeinu Saleh begins that chapter in Likutim Ran with the pasuk shavra libi, that all of the sins that a person commits and all of the wrong types of desires. Caused the person's heart to be broken in a negative sense, a shattering of the heart. And this is all repaired through this tikkun, Shehu Tikkun Hakoil. And when we're able to repair the shattered heart, when we're able to repair those shattered vessels from the beginning of creation, then everything is repaired. <speaking in Hebrew> and this is related to that story in Cypre Mysius where Rabbeinah says that there's a heart, there's the heart of the world, and there is a mayon, a certain spring. And these two are on two opposite ends of the world. And Rabbeinah said there that the heart yearns for the spring, and the spring yearns for the heart. And Rabbeinah said there, the heart is always screaming, crying out, Expressing its longing and yearning for the Mayan, Ki ha-ma'ayan hu shoyre shol kol ha-nekuda Because the Mayan there, the well, represents the source of all the nakuda yistoi v'ais. Ki mo'yishem avor shom bahat as Rabbi Mezal says over there in chapter 34, she ha-nekuda hi b'chinas chafma. Rabinazal said there that one definition of the Nekuda was Chachma. Again, P Yedaber Chachmois, the Hegois figured. Choch bechinas Ma'ayan. There's a term Mayonois Akma, the well springs of chokmah. I and Sham, take a look in him Ran where Rabbenazal says this there. The Alkane, Haley, soyek, Tomidela And this is why the heart. Is constantly yearning and crying out to the Mayan, Hanakuda, Samayan. Because the main thing that will repair the heart, which is the tikkun for the entire world, because that heart in the story over there is the heart of the world, the entire world, the main tikkun for it is dependent on the nekuda, which is that ma'yan. And now we understand also what Rabbein describes there in Likud Emran, that the heart over there, the heart suffers a weakness. It becomes very weak. Because the sun persecutes it. The sun beams down on it. It's fire, it's heat. And that causes the the heart to become weaker. This is alluding to what Rabbeinu speaks about in Likud Emran, the the passion, the fire of the Yitzhahara, and all of the wrong types of desires inside of a person. Shehem aha'voys which are referred to as fallen love, misplaced love slave, which are also referred to as the shame of the heart, slave, the the broke, breakage of the heart. Achar Haleiv Shalisha the Aitzahora and all of these Taiweis and all of these Ahavos Nefulin persecute, they attack the heart, the holy heart of a Jew and they want to burn up the person because all of the materialistic desires of this world and all of the confusion of this world and all the, all the obstacles that these sudden places in our path are all referred to as being beneath the sun as we find this term used throughout the book of Koheles many times, as it says, for example, in the first chapter of Koheles, what is a person going to accomplish with all the work that they do under the sun, beneath the sun, meaning all of the materialistic, uh, uh, all the chasing that a person does after materialism, after tithes, all the materialistic pursuits. And in chapter 4 in Kohelus it says, that a person hasn't seen the evil that's being performed under the sun, beneath the sun. Over there, Shlomo is referring to all the bad things that are being done in this world, that they're being done, under the sun. Because all of our materialistic desires and all of the bad things that a person does in this world, and all of the confusion, is all within the constraints of time. <inaudible> because if a, when when one is able to go above the concept of time, when a person goes completely spiritual above the concept of time, there there is no evil. There are no evil deeds. The hazman alidei hashemish, and time is generally measured by the sun, shehu roish kol choich vehashemayim, which is the, the leader of all the heavenly spheres, asher al yodam hashem hazman, which Hashem uses to control time, the alkei Nikra kol hazman tachas hashemish, and therefore we refer to the entire capacity of time. We refer to it as beneath the sun. It's under the sun. And it's specifically under the sun, within the constraints of time that all the bad things, all the trouble and difficulties that a person experiences in this world. whereby each and every one of us is tested constantly to see if we're going to be able to stand up to the challenges that we're experiencing all the tests and challenges which are under the sun meaning in this physical materialistic world and this very holy awesome heart that Rabbein speaks about there in Sipurim Maysias, and, and the Jew, <speaking in Hebrew> Although the heart that Rabbein is referring to over there in the story is pure, 100 percent pure, and not tainted at all by any evil that, that's that's performed under this beneath his sun. Because there in the story, Rabbein is also referring to a very holy heart. As you'll see over there. Despite all of its holiness and greatness, it's affected to a degree by all the sins of all the people in this world who are pursuing Gashmias, who are pursuing the desires, the, some of the wrong types of desires that are prevalent in this world. Shehu Bechinas Hamaiso Hana which is all included in that term of the evil that's going on beneath the sun. Bechinas, <speaking in Hebrew> as the Possek says, Ochen Cholienu U Nasa. He, the Tzadik, Moshiach, suffers from our sins, from our illnesses. He is suffering from our sins. And this heart is always screaming and crying out, to the mayan with incredible screams and, and incredible yearning. Because it's from that mayan that this heart draws its chiyos. And this constant screaming and yearning that the heart has for the mayan also causes weakness. It's also referred to as a weakness because it's too much. Now, when does the heart get to rest a little? In the story, the rabbi Nizal says, when a great bird comes along and spreads its wings, And then the heart experiences a a break, a rest from the fire of the sun. But Rabbi Nassau tells us there in the story that even, even at the time when this bird spreads its wings over the heart, the heart is still looking towards the mayan and yearning towards it. Ayn Shom, take a look over there in the story where Rabbein Azal says this. Ve'im yinzer yesh says we could understand a hint about this based on chapter 78 and Likut Emran. Ayn Shom, take a look over there. MaShem avora Shom me'oitzem ma'alas in that chapter in Likut Imran, Rabbi speaks and glorifies holy words. When a person, when a Jew is zekhet to speak holy words of Torah, of Tefillah, shehu iker hachiyus, That is the main source of spiritual life of a person. We know that the, the Rabbein Hazal in Imran, in the first chapter in Likut Imran, he says hachokmah techaia that chokmah Gives life, infuses life into the one who possesses it. But we know the Gemara says, that the Torah, this chachma, gives life to a person who gives it forth, who speaks words of Torah. So diburim of Torah, that's chachma that gives life to a. That's our source of life, and Tfilo also. Rav quotes the pasuk, Tfilo l'keil chayoi." Davening to thats my life. In Chapter Nine in the Kuzman, Rav says, "Ki mm-hmm. So these diburim of Torah and tefila, thats the source of chiyus. Mm-hmm. Shezer bechinas. This is what the Tikun Eizor refers to when it says, Ilmole mole kan the nashven aliba havaliba oikid kol Were it not for the wings of the lungs, which rest on the heart the heart would burn up the entire body. The Zohar Kodesh says that the heart is pulsating the whole time. The heart is beating the whole time. It's moving. We know, we learn in physics, that movement generates heat. So the, the heart beating the whole time is generating a fire inside the body. If there isn't a cooling system to cool that down, the body would burn up. The cooling system is the lungs. And the lungs are shaped like wings. They're called Kanfe Rea, the wings of the lungs. Mevoyer Sham, Surah explains over there in chapter 78 in the mo'y. That there are times when a Jew's heart is burning to Hashem with incredible fire, tremendous passion. Avalhuyoiser Midai. However, it's too much. It's too strong. To the point where it could burn up and destroy the whole body. However, if the person speaks words of Torah and Tfilah, that will cool down this fire, this passion, so that it shouldn't be too much. And so, too, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are times when a person has such fire inside of them for the desires of this world, for the, for the materialistic desires. And that fire is burning. That passion is burning inside of them so strong. Mm -hmm. To the point where it could destroy the person completely. However, if the person will speak words of Torah and Tefillah, it will also cool down this fire. Both fires if they're too much, can be tremendously harmful and destructive. And Rabbi Zal says in chapter 78, this is what the Zohar Kodesh means about the, the lungs, which blow on the heart, cooling it down. Because the Gemara says in Chulim that the lungs are made up of five lobes. The Gemara says that the heart has the, the lungs have five lobes corresponding to the five books of the Torah, the Zohar Kodesh says. Because in this context, the, the lungs represent the Torah. And the words of Torah that a person speaks, that's what cools down the heart to save it from causing destruction through those two types of fire. A fire of Kedusha that's out of control, Chas or a fire of the Sitra Akhra. The Kanfei and these wings of the lungs, Shehem dibure HaToira u'tfila, which are words of Toira and Tfila that the person is speaking or listening to, SheNikroim Knofayim, and we know that words are also referred to as wings. As Rabbein says in Torah, Samat there's a pasuk, Ubal knofayim yaged dover. the master of the wings will, will give forth speech. So dipur is also referred to as knofayim. This is what's being referred to in the story in Sipur as the wings of that great bird. And as the Tikun says, related to this, the ko gufa. says, that were it not for the wings, the, the, the wings of the, the, of the lungs which blow on the heart, the heart would burn up the whole body the Zohar HaKadosh makes that statement regarding a posik in the Chumash, where it says, that in the Beis Hamikdosh, in the Mishkan, you had the Oroin, the box which contained in it the Torah, the Luchos, and on top of that, you had these bird-like images with their wings spread far, far and wide covering the Oroim. And the Zoro Kodesh says there, the person I find, Al Ha The Kapoiris was the roof of the Auron. And the Zoro Kodish says, Kaporto do Liba. The Kapoiris represents the heart. So Rahmason Zah was putting together the ch- different chapters on the Kutimran, chapter 34, chapter 78, and the Tikkun and and using this to put together the pieces of the puzzle. To clarify what Rabbeinu is referring to over there in the story about the heart and the the wells and the, the spring of the wellspring and the sun beating down on the heart, and and the, and and what and, and how the, the 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 great this great bird comes along whose wings block the sun from burning up from destroying the heart. Nimtza. So based on all of this, we conclude. These, the lungs which hover over and cool down the heart. The lungs here represent this cooling system, represents words of Torah and Tvilah. They correspond to the wings of the Kruvim in the, in the Bay Samikdosh. Which were birds, and this is what Rabbeinu is referring to in the story over there of the wings of this great bird, which spreads its wings over the heart and saves the heart from being burned by the and being persecuted by the sun oz yeshneichol ha'aleiv nishnei hachavishus, And Rabbein says there that then when, when this bird spreads its wings over the heart, then the heart gets a rest. A, a, a pause from the two types of weaknesses can move on which were expressed over there in the story. One weakness that comes as a result of the sun beating down on it, the other weakness Coming from this desperate longing that keeps going on and on, when a person's in that state of longing desperately for a long time, that can knock the wind out of them. Now, Rav Nosson Zal explains these two types of weaknesses are very much connected and dependent on each other because of the fact that the sun, which represents, in this case, all of the wrong types of desires that we're challenged with in this world, because they're pursuing us and attacking us and burning inside of us, then what happens is, when we start screaming to Hashem, when the person starts screaming, screaming, that's also not within the proper boundaries. It's, it's too much, in a sense. And, it's, and that also will weaken the person. You would think a person is crying out to Hashem, wow, this is going to help him, this is going to save him. It, it needs to be controlled. It needs to be within certain boundaries. The Neqshav gamkein And that also is in the category of something that weakens the person instead of strengthening the person. We see cases of people, Rahmanul, you know, who are very far from Hashem and involved in all kinds of wrong things and everything. And when they decide to do chuva, if they don't have the proper guidance, they go to the opposite extreme. And in many cases, they end up falling away. They end up losing it because they, they don't realize that since they have not yet conquered and controlled the passion of the Tivus Royce and Midas when they switch channels, when they change the channel and they put that passion into Yiddishkeit, it, it ends up being an uncontrolled passion. It ends up being also a raging fire, which if, it, if it's not being controlled properly, will cause disaster, destruction. And the control is the Torah and tefillah. That combination of studying Torah properly, being taught Torah properly, and learning Torah properly, and tefillah, there the the passion, the fire, will come out in the words of Torah and tefillah, which is in a controlled manner, and then that that passion won't cause any harm. Avokisha Hatzipar However, when that bird comes along and spreads its wings and saves and protects the heart from the sun, the hainu meaning from all the materialistic desires that are within time. Remember the sun is but what we measure time by sunrise, sunset, summer, winter. Then the second weakness will also be eliminated. Because when the person has the protection of the wings, when the person has proper toira and tefillah, then the heart will not scream in, in, a, in, an, in an uncontrolled manner. Then it'll be done bemido ubadraga in a constructive manner. V'chol ze move on shom bahamaisanal, and all of this is expressed over there in the story in Sipurim Aysius, shemaschel adaber mishtei where Rabbeinu Zal starts off speaking about the two things that weaken that heart, yachakach mevayeh, and then he goes on to say sheyesh neicholah halav that the heart gets a reprieve, kishat when this bird comes along, U Poyres Knuf and spreads its wings, U Matsiloi Misrefa and saves the heart from the fire of the sun, the Oz Yesh Naikola Hale. And then the heart has a reprieve. The heart is is at rest. Vilchhoira Eno move on eich mitsoy mechalishus hashniya shall reboy hashtoikus. If you look at the story in Sipporim Eiseus without Rav interpretation, logically it seems that the bird spreading its wings only serves as a shield from the sun. It protects the heart from the burning sun. But what does that have to do with with the weakness of the heart that's coming from overexertion, from burning that burning longing and desire for the mayan? At first glance, it seems that the wings of the bird only protect the heart from the fire of the sun. As Rabbeinu says there, But Rabbeinu says, based on what I've explained here, you could understand. That these two are connected. These two are very much connected. A person who's far, far, who has tremendous passion for sin, when that person changes channel to mitzvah, they're going to have tremendous passion for mitzvah. And if it isn't controlled properly, it'll burn the, it'll destroy the person when the bird spreads its wings and protects from the sun, the person is speaking words of Torah and Tefillah, and that protects that person's heart from chasing after materialistic desires. The more a person learns, the more a person davens, slowly that, that other nonsense falls away. This will also automatically solve the second problem of the heart being too, too passionate, too strong. Because when a person is to be learning Torah and to be davening, then the heart doesn't have to scream wildly. But rather, the yearning and the longing for Hashem is in a controlled, healthy manner. And this is why Rabbi says there in the story that even when the bird is spreading its wings and it's protecting, shielding the heart from the fire of the sun. The heart is still looking at that Mayan and still longing for the Mayan. <laughs> Even when the heart is at rest, it has a reprieve from that fire of the sun. <laughs> it still has that longing, that yearning for the Mayan however now that yearning is in a controlled healthy manner because the heart now is no longer under attack by the raging fire of the sun meaning which are the desires the materialistic desires of this world that problem has been solved Temporarily, by the, by the Torah and Tefillah. So that's, that's been put in its place. The raging fire, the Tidus Royce, has been suppressed and subdued. So now when the person is in channel two, in the channel of Avodah Hashem, the, there also the yearning and longing will be in a subdued, healthy manner. Any questions, please? question in the chat, but if a person is depressed and apathetic and doesn't have much enthusiasm either for Torah or or even for the wrong types of desires, won't saying words of Torah cool down this weak desire for Torah even more? The answer is, number one, that that's the worst thing. Depression Depression, Rabbeinazal said, Iker Neshichas The worst bite of the snake, the worst poison of the Yetzirah is depression and laziness. That's the worst. However, however, here the Torah is being referred to as the lungs, the cooling system. The Torah is also fire. Haloi Mashem. The Torah is multi-talented. The Torah, for a person who needs cooling down, the Torah can cool them down. For a person who needs fire to light a fire underneath them, the Torah is fire. Torah is fire and tefillah is fire. So as long as, again, the person is being educated the right way, when the person connects to the tzaddik and the tzaddik guides the person, the tzaddik recognizes that person's problem. One person's problem is fire. The person's on fire with Taibas rois and Midas rois Anger, arrogance, sinful desires. Another person is suffering from depression. They're frozen. They're, the Tzaddik speaks Divrei Torah. And for this person, the Torah is the cooling system. The Torah can help suppress and subdue that fire, the Sahara. And for the other person, the Torah can warm their soul, can get them thawed out, take them out of the ice, out of the freezer, the right kind of Torah and and being presented the right way can take the person out of the... We're told that the Torah is simcha and it can, can cure that also, the depression also. Question in the chat. Getting this balance right. The Gemara makes a statement, if only, if only a person could daven all day. And yet Rabbenazal says, an hour, his an hour, in addition to shachres Min Chamairiv, Tehilim, don't forget. So it's it's more than that. However, Rabbeinu Azal himself said to his students that, really, if you were on the right Madrega, I would tell you to have hispoedadus all day. But since you're not there, since you're not there, if you're going to try to do that, you're going to burn out. And therefore, I recommend ashore, ashore, an hour of hispoedadus daily, if possible. Rabbeinazal himself, we know there's a story in Sich Saran. My Rabbi Rav Rosenfeld said that this story is what changed his life completely. That he was learning and davening, he was religious, he was in yeshiva, doing very well. And at one point, he started thinking he doesn't feel ruchnius, he doesn't feel spirituality, he doesn't feel this deep, holy connection to Hashem that the Torah speaks about. And he decided to start research, start searching. Where is he going to search? His father was a Breslava of So he decided he'll start the search over there. He'll search in the Brestle's forum. And he took the Sefer, and he started reading it. And he said when he got to a certain story, that's what something snapped inside of him. And that's what changed his life completely. And the story was that Rabbi Zal one day, a, a summer day in Ukraine when the day can be 18 hours, 20 hours of daylight. And Rabin Asal naturally Daven Shachris, the Sikkim mates early. And when he finished Shachris, he had a coffee, it says, and he told his daughter to go call one of his students. Doesn't say who it was. She called him and he said, Let's go for a walk. And they went out of the city and they went to a place in, in a mountain where there was an opening in a mountain, and Rabbi Nezzel obviously was familiar with this. This was one of his places where he would go to talk to Hashem. They went inside, all the way inside, and and Nezal pulled out the Sefer Sharet ceiling from his pocket, which is a Sefer of Tfilos that was written approximately 200 years before Rabbi Nezzel's time, different Tfilos that are based on Kabbalistic things. And Rabbi Esau sat down on the ground and started reading these tefillahs and crying, crying, crying. And this Talmud is standing there watching this and he's looking at this, crying buckets of tears. And it's going on and on and on for a very, very long time. And when Rabbi Esau finished, he told the student, take a look outside, see where the sun is holding. And the student saw that the sun was starting to set, which means this might have been six hours, eight hours of tefillah, crying, crying to Hashem, in this way. And, and, and we see that Rabbein was capable of that kind of thing. And we know in reading the stories about Rabbein life and how much he put into tefillah, we know that by him it was Obviously, much more than an hour. But for us, Rabbi Nezal knew who he was dealing with, and Rabbi Nezal prescribed (coughs) if a person is soichet to have an hour to get to a level where they can have an hour of his beit of the day, that's fabulous. That's very, very good. Any other questions?
1: Rabbi, uh, towards the beginning of the paragraph, um, we're talking about about uh, Koheles and all the Taibos and Ma'isim Raim that come mitachat azman. Um, so it seems like anything that we do that's mitachat azman can have side effects. It can have negative side effects. Whereas when we do things that are lamalame azman and ruchni yustar it doesn't have any side effects. So why should we do any it, You know, th- this lends to doing more and more hishtadlis in the Ruhani world and less and less hishtadlis in the physical world, right?
0: Correct, correct. Although, again, it's extremely important that we know who we are, what level we're on. And remember, there's a chapter in Ikut towards the beginning, trying to recall chapter 14, 15, that area. <clears throat> where Rabbi Inizal speaks, he tells over one of the stories of Rabbi Barbarachon, I believe. And he Nezal there refers to tefila, and he speaks about a person directing their tefillah to ruchnius only to ruchnius, And Rabbi Inizal said, because when your ruchnius is in good order, the gashmius will automatically be in good order. And I once asked one of my rabbis, Rabbi Michal Zoranavrochol, I think it was Rav Rosenfeld, So is it a good idea to daven only for ruchnias? You know, leave out the gashmius. And his answer was no. His answer was no. That for us on our level, it's important for us to daven for both. Of course, it's important for us to realize that the ruchnias is much more important. And and that's where I'm, I'm focusing my attention more. All of my efforts are being directed to there more so. However, we need to know who we are on our level. And again, for us, it's important to include both. So it is important for a person to do some, the, the, we have the Pasuk, but and, and Rav Nilsen speaks about this, I believe, I have it maybe in one of the future halachas, where he speaks about the fact that when Hashem first created the world, it was yesh me'ayin. It was something, coming from complete nothingness. But after that, from that point on, it no longer operates that way. And from that, that point on, even the miracles that we experience are yesh yesh. There has to be some movement, some initiative down below here in order to perform the miracle. The example of Elisha Navi, who wanted to perform a miracle. He wanted to give a woman money, a lot of wealth, He said to her, do you have anything in the house? She said, nothing at all, just a drop of oil. He said, good, drop of oil, that'll do it. Now go borrow vessels from your neighbor, borrow as much receptacles as you can and start pouring that oil, that half an ounce of oil, pour. And that half an ounce of oil, Elisha Navi was able to make it into thousands of gallons of oil, that kind of thing. But it needed that drop. We know when it came to Yamsuf. Splitting of the Red Sea. The, they were davening, davening. Hashem said, what? Stop with the davening. Go. And Nachshim and Nachshman, I don't know jumped into the water and, and ran. And the water didn't split right away. It wasn't until it got up to his nose and he cried out, If you don't save me, if you don't do something now, I'm going to die. And that was when the miracle took off. The water split and everything. So it seems that there's a requirement, there's a need for some hishtadlus by us. And then a lot of tefillah and Torah and the Pesach says, I will bless all whatever efforts you put in. Meaning even if it's not maximum as long as it's a reasonable effort, then, then it could have that bracha to it.
1: So maybe uh, if we, it sounds like from what we're saying that if the hishtadus that we're doing was with the intention that a Baruch Hu will give the bracha based on whatever little hishtadus we're doing, then that kind of turns our hishtadus, our physical hishtadus into a ruchani kind of Correct. Okay. Yeah. We're doing this
0: only because only to, to create a vessel for the shefa from Hashem of which I, the, the real creation of the vessel, the real shefah is through tefillah and toil. And again, each person on their level, there are some people who need to go to work and some people need to work eight hours a day and some people can work half a day. And there are some people that are really, if they're really on a very, very high madrega, to devote themselves completely to avoid the session they don't need to go to work at all. The Torah says, If a person can be that others should, should do the work, and they should be able to devote themselves completely to avoid this Hashem. But a person needs to be on a serious high madrega for that. Okay, continuing. The Hinei Mavur. Rav I'm sorry. And <laughs> uh, Nimsa. we conclude therefore that these the, the, the lungs which hover over and cool down the heart. Heim heim they are represented by the wings of the kruvim in the Mishkan in the base. Shehem which were birds. Haenu b'chinas Kanfe ha'zipur ha'godol, which corresponds to the wings of that great bird that's being discussed in Bamaisanah in the story in Sipurim Maisius, shepoirei's of va'alayiv, which spreads its wings over the heart, umatziloim misreifas and protects and saves the heart from the raging fire of the sun, and then <coughs> the heart has a, a, a rest, a reprieve from both types of weaknesses. We, I believe we did say this. Yeah, we did learn this. Okay. And all of this is explained very clearly in the story there. Ah, we, we we did say this. The Hinei Mavur. Shekol Ikar kiyum Halev Shel HaOelom Hamayan. hamayan Rabbeinu Salver explains in the story that the whole existence of that heart of the world, that heart in the story is the heart of the world, is dependent on that Maayan, that wellspring. Umapitu whereby the heart is always looking towards and yearning towards that spring. the kiyum kol ha'olam. And that's what ensures and guarantees the existence and the perpetuation of the world. Because for sure, there cannot be existence without a heart. as Rabbi says there, the and then Rabbeinu goes on to tell us in the story there that what keeps this whole operation going is the betler who couldn't speak. She mekabeitz hachasodim says there in the story that that betler gathers up all of the true kindnesses, shemehem Habazman, which generate time. The, this betler gathers up all these chasodim of emes. He gives them to the ish emes, and that ish emes provides a day for the heart. The el hamayon, and the heart passes that on to the spring. And that's what allows the heart and the spring to to continue to exist. They're given a day. And then the heart is able to exist based on its crying out and yearning and looking towards the spring. And the spring is also yearning and looking towards the heart. Through this, they form a strong connection, and the, the spring infuses life into the heart. The yeshloi and the heart is able to exist. By dezer and this is what allows the entire world to exist. The All of this is tied into what we've been learning throughout this halacha. We explained in the previous year two years ago that stakah is an example of chesed shalemis. hava asman, which is what generates time. That we know there's a pasuk stakah tatzil mimovis. Stakah saves from death. What is death? Death is shutting down time. No more time. Your your time is over when a person dies, and Stoker saves from death. Stoker gives life. Stoker gives days, time. That enables us to connect the heart to the nekuda, which in that story is represented by connecting the heart to that spring. Because from that process that's explained in the story there, the crying, the heart crying out to the well, this the spring. That heart of the world. Is the source of where all the Jewish hearts that yearn for Hashem, that have inspired us, that cry out to Hashem, that's where we draw our energy from. That's where we draw our words from. <speaking in Hebrew> because it's all coming from there. <speaking in Hebrew> because the heart that's being referred to in that story is the source. Of all Jewish hearts, where all of our hearts draw from. The Hamayan Hanal, and that spring of water that's mentioned in the story there, Ushoirish Kol Hanekudois Shell Kol Israel, is the source of all the Nekudois of all of Klaw Yisroel, Haklolius Vaprotius, both on a general level and on a detailed level. And just like in the story over there, we're taught that in order for that heart to continue existing, it has to be looking towards the Mayan and yearning towards the Mayan and crying out towards the Mayan. That's how it draws life from the Mayan. As we see there in the story, Shemoikane Biprotius, so too on an individual level, O lave shall kolekodni Israel, each and every Jewish heart, Iker Hius Vikiyumoy, Walidei Histoitikus, Vahatsaoko, El Hanekuda, Shesharoshma Mayan, the whole source of life and, and perpetuation of our hearts is dependent on this yearning and this crying out to the nekuda, which is rooted in the ma'yan. And one example of this is the Hispoidus that a person has. When a person is speaking to Hashem and pouring out their heart to Hashem, pouring out their soul and crying out to Hashem for help, that's one major example of this connection between the heart and the mayan. The heart, the mayan here is the diburim of tefillah. And once again, this teaches us the incredible benefits of tzedakah. Shalide tzedakah. Shibikhinas chasodim shalemes. Ayide ze hazman. Because tzedakah, which is the, these, these true chasodim, that's what creates and generates time in Kol hashirim Vahidos, together with, with all these songs and beautiful sweet poetry, Shaheim Hadiburim, Ktoishan Vanifloem which are the beautiful, holy, awesome words of the betler who looks like he can't speak. Shahidekolze iker kium vikirushal and that's what really ensures the, the, the existence and perpetuation and the source of life of the heart, Shemekabba Me'am Ayam, which at least is Because as Rabbein Azal says there in the, in the story, that what generates time, what creates time, <laughs> is Stoko <laughs> and Chesed. That's what enables a person to connect to the nekuda that's coming from the Mayan, which is appropriate for that person at that particular given time. Remember, when we spoke about the chapter in on, we spoke about three channels from which a person draws life. One channel was the tzaddik. And again, we spoke about speaking to the tzaddik, speaking, the deburim that a person speaks to the tzaddik, and deburim of Torah and tefillah. The second channel was the interaction with one's colleagues, with one's friends. And the third connection was the person's personal connection to Hashem in his person's private prayer alone, alone with Hashem. So throughout this halacha, Rav Zal in some places referred to all three. Here at the end, he's focusing on the hispidibus. But again, in Likutim Ram, there, Rav Zal stresses that we need all three. Baruch Hashem. Any questions? This halacha was not easy. The chapter in Likut Emran, chapter 34 in there, is is not easy, it's clear, but again, it's deep concepts a little bit, the nekuda, the heart, things that at first seem to be, you know, just hard, How, what does that mean in a practical sense? And then air to it with the story in Sipurim Isis, it, the more familiar a person is with each one of the three, if you've studied that chapter on the Kutaman, if you read the story in Sipurim Isis, and then you put the Likuta Alochus on it, it becomes a complete, beautiful package on our level. There's still, we we understand the fraction of a fraction, but that fraction of a fraction can be very beneficial. It, it defines my mission in this world. Now I know what I need to do. I have to work on these three fronts all the time. And I have to turn on that yearning, that hishtekikus. I have to change the channel. The Sahara wants me to desire food, to desire food materialistic pleasures. And I have to train myself that those things are less important. They have value. There is, I can't live without food. I can't live without sleep. But between the two, I want to channel the desire, the yearning. I want to channel that towards Kiddusha, towards Torah and Tfilah. It's is the one who accomplishes this on the highest level. Shebizorche to the Gula Shlema to the coming of Moshiach, the binyan Bay Sanidash, Meher of Yemen, or the name Amen.